0: This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare and underreported conflict with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to journalist and analyst Neil Hauer, he's going to be speaking to us about the current flare-up on the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Now this is different, it's not Karabakh, it's not Artsakh, it's a different situation where Azerbaijan troops have gathered and even moved into the borders of Armenia proper. It's quite a fragile situation. Two episodes this week, Uh, this is an update basically on the situation in Armenia. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com/popularfront. I want to talk as well about the the recent developments in um in Armenia. There's been some very tense situations. I know a soldier was killed yesterday. What's happening there? I know you've been out to the to the border area where this has been happening. What's going on?
1: Yeah, so it's very tense for the last two weeks here. I think it was two weeks ago today, so May 12th, that there were these initial reports that Azerbaijan had crossed the border in an area in the south, in, in Sunak province, and they had essentially set up shop there on Armenian territory with a couple hundred guys. And a lot of the details still aren't clear, like how this happened or where exactly they were. But now we have a pretty good idea that you know there's this ongoing border demarcation process that we don't really know how it's being conducted, but uh, to some degree, to some way it is. And uh, but at any rate, these these soldiers crossed uh, crossed in over there and set up on you know land, which is indisputably, according to any map, uh, any Soviet map that's out there that might be used for border demarcation is Armenian territory. And so this the, this happened there and then in another area in the northeast in uh, Gagarkunik province near Lake Sevon. And so that there's another area there where Azeri troops uh, have set up. And so this has been going on for two weeks now. And Armenia has reached out to all the diplomatic channels. You know, they've appealed officially to the CSTO, their alliance with Russia and a few other countries. Um, they've uh, appealed to the, the UN, the OSCE. Uh, they've taken a bunch of Western ambassadors down there and whatnot. And so they've they, it's gotten a lot of attention. But at the end of the day, you know, the Azeri troops are still there. And I think in Sunni, it gets a little more calm, but in the, the Northeast area down there, I mean, we went to the, we tried to get down there last week and we pulled all the strings we had. I was with a, a veteran friend of mine. So he was talking to the commander of the nearby base himself, And uh, the commander was saying, yeah, everyone at the base down there, all the, all the tanks and all the artillery are, are in combat positions. Uh, and it's really tense. You know, we're, 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 we're prepared for something to happen. We're hoping it doesn't, but. Uh, yeah. The the situation is, is really tense, and a lot of people here are freaked out about
0: it. Well, let, let's talk about Sunik first. That's where they went, right? There's there's a big lake there, but you, you're saying like this isn't part of Karabakh, right? This is something different. Maybe just explain that a little bit, if you can.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. So this is not. This has nothing to do with Karabakh itself. That um, this is the the boundaries uh, between uh, Republic of Azerbaijan and uh, the Armenia proper. And in, in, both, in both of these areas, the, the border is between Azerba- uh, Armenia and then a part of Azerbaijan that was just handed back to them following this last war as part of the peace settlement. So this is an area where there, there never was a proper border demarcation because, you know, this, in Soviet times, it didn't matter. And then uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, there was the, the, the war was already ongoing. And Armenia captured these areas in 93, in Arme- and Azerbaijan just got them back six months ago. And so now we're, we're dealing with a, the international boundary, not with, the, with Karabakh, which is the, the you know, internal inside Azerbaijan, but now we're dealing with the international boundary between uh, the Republic of Azerbaijan and the Republic of Armenia, which is a whole other level of, uh, of severity entirely.
0: So it's kind of like, I mean, I don't want to say an invasion, but it's like they've stumbled across the land into Armenia. I mean, what's the reaction from the state, from the government, from Pashinyan?
1: Yeah, for, well, the, the government, I mean, it's been mangled the whole way through. Like the, the day of, they're saying, no, nothing happened. And then, well, yeah, at the end of the day, that Hashinyan goes on, he says that he admits that the Azeris penetrated 3.5 kilometers in, which is, you know, a stunning amount, uh, given that the government, it's been six months since the end of the war. This It was very obvious that this would be the sort of thing that would be a problem. And, you know, since then, it, uh, the government has done a really bad job of quelling rumors about what's happening. You know, in the last week, there's all sorts of rumors that there's some new agreement being signed, and then Pashinyan confirms there is some new agreement, um, but we don't know the contours of it. There's rumors that it involves some handing away certain territories of Armenia, uh, but we have no info on that. And then there's sort of this ongoing fight within the government itself, where you know Pashinyan says, "I've been working on this document with the Azeris, and I'm ready. I'm going to sign it." And it's with the, it's with the Russians, and it's basically like a border commission. But then the MFA of Armenia comes out and says, you know, we're not doing border demarcation except in the contours of the, the resolution of the Karabakh problem, of the entire Karabakh crisis and like status of Karabakh, etc. And then the other, you know the president of Armenia is saying, I've never seen this agreement. The, the MFA is saying, I've never seen this agreement. So it's a whole it's a whole clusterfuck, really. And the government the, gov- the communication from the government has just been so haphazard and contradictory that it's just this sort of open environment where rumors are just flourishing.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of that online. There was also this weird video I saw the other day where there's like, I think Armenian volunteers asking for their weapons back on the border. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, I've seen a few of these that have gone around. And the the first one that I saw was uh, apparently showing uh, Azeri troops um, beating, like chasing off Armenians after getting in a fist fight. And that was circulating around. And then, you know, the gov- then some government f- officials here said that was just a three-minute clip from a two-hour video. And then we saw another part of that, which was the opposite. It was Armenians um, in a fist fight with Azeris. And then I just saw today in another, another video, it's uh, Armenian soldiers have, like, driven off the Azeris from the tent that they set out. And they're, like, they're, they're thrashing the, the, the tent that the Azeris have set up. And we know that, you know, last week there was uh, a huge fist fight between a couple hundred guys total. Um, Armenians and Azeris that ended up, you know, putting a few guys, about a dozen guys from each side, in hospital. So it's it's this really t- this really bizarre situation where it's like no one's trying, everyone's trying not to escalate it to the point of uh, armed gunfire, but there's these sorts of you know border fistfights uh, like the the India-China thing of the last year where they all got into big fistfights on the border, and th- this is what's been happening. Uh, for the last week and a half years.
0: For for that to happen though, just after the Karabakh war is absolutely fucking crazy. I'm so surprised that that just carried on as like a big fist fight, a big brawl. But yesterday I think it was, there was a soldier killed, right? What's happened there?
1: Yeah, yesterday we know that this is the first time since the end of the war that a soldier was killed um, on the Republic of Armenia territory. And so this is something that actually used to happen, you know, fairly often. Yeah. uh, in uh, the the two and a half decades before the war, where you'd have the, there would just always be shootouts across the the border, and between the two sides. And otherwise, otherwise, um, yeah, this this one we don't know uh, so many details of it. But this this was in the area of in the northeast where the Azeris are occupying, and you know, so I, I guess in a sense, it's miraculous it didn't evolve into much more. But yeah, that was the first, uh, let's say, that's the first live fire armed casualty um, in, in this ongoing two-week drama here.
0: Right, and how did that, how does it happen that like one soldier gets shot like that? I know there was a video as well yesterday where there was one Aziri soldier that the Armenians were like sending back over the border. Like he was on his own. How is this happening? I, I don't understand. Is it the landscape or what?
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard for us to say out here because, you know, we, they don't... Media are not allowed to get close to that border there. I mean, basically, you're relying on the same sort of social media videos that are coming out from everyone else. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like, it it seems like there's very little control either uh, on the Armenian side for sure and probably on the Azeri side as well. Uh, It it, it seems like the whole thing is very ad hoc and people are responding uh, just locally in different situations. And uh, it it is a, a bit surprising when you think about it but that it hasn't devolved into something much more um, much more fatal, much more violent. But, it, 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 I mean, I can imagine, you know, it's guys moving forward, trying to take up a new position in the middle of the night or something. And then, yeah, then, then the, you know, it's one small Israeli detachment. They move, a small group, they move forward. their tent, and in the morning. The Armenians discover them and pick them out. And um, I don't see any evidence of, I, I think the Russians are there in Sunik now. I'm not totally sure because that's where we had the, the big brawl last week. But yeah, there, there's no evidence in these videos either that uh, the Russians, who Russia, who is a, bil- as a bilateral treaty ally, uh, Armenia's uh, security guarantor, and the, the Russians don't seem to be there, at least in having peacekeeping forces in any of these videos on either of those two pockets on the border that we've seen, which is also pretty wild. Considering we're two weeks into this, you know, Armenia has officially invoked the mutual defense pact, and yet the the Russian led alliance, Russia itself. not only has not accomplished anything on the ground but they have not even made a a, you know an unequivocal statement in support of Armenia they've just said that we hope that this this issue can be resolved in peaceful means
0: yeah Jesus so basically like their only kind of I mean friendly I guess supporter is like kind of ignoring the situation um why do you think this is happening do you think this is like provocation from azerbaijan i saw some people saying oh whilst the israel palestine conflict was raging you know azerbaijan kind of wanted to slip in quietly or do you think this is just like soldiers on the border just just doing weird shit
1: yeah you know i really don't like all these all these theories that are there's all these wild theories running around out there that it's just azerbaijan preparing to conquer sunik and you know just lop off the entire southern province uh, of the republic of Armenia for itself i think it's basically you know the azeris um, just that they just, just making this really low cost investment. Um, all it takes for them, yeah, you, know, you, you send a few hundred guys across the border, set up shop there, and look at all the the chaos they've created out of that. And they're they're putting themselves in positions, you know, like where maybe they'll get some extra concessions out of uh, out of the territorial the border demarcation, however that goes. Um, some people speculate that you know they're using this as pressure to uh, get additional handovers. Of small, small bits of territory in Karabakh itself, and uh, that's that to me is a bit more plausible because we've heard the same theory about the the nearly 200 POWs that Azerbaijan's still holding. Yeah, and so I, I think specific things related to Karabakh, because that is much more up in the air. I think that's a lot more plausible why it, one uh, outcome for them to do this. But yeah, I think then the main thing, you know, it's just a it's a very low cost way for them to just cause a lot of chaos in Armenia. And knock Armenia off balance, and you know, the Azeris have ba- barely even commented on this all along. They've just said the Armenian side is just being hysterical about uh the border demarcation process, there's no need for it. So, they're not they're they the I mean, Aliyev himself has has pushed all has said again and again, like, oh, Yerevan and uh, Sunik Zangazur, they're all ancient Azerbaijani land, but he hasn't made any comments like that during this. He hasn't, it's not like he's been going out and saying, um, yeah, this is just us retaking our, our ancient land or something like the Azeris just aren't saying anything and it's just these guys sitting there on the border having these provocations back and forth and i think yeah it's just a way for him to like humiliate pashinyan even further which is clearly one of his major one of the things he loves doing and just cause humiliate pashinyan and just cause chaos in armenia and uh yeah we see that and and also you know uh make armenia look even more weak and isolated than it it already is and as we see all those things are occurring yeah
0: it's terrible for morale as well right of the people um what what is going on with the government now i think i think last i read he said he's going to have early elections right what's going on
1: yeah so that's that's been set for about a month now maybe a little more than that they're set for june 20th so in about three three or four weeks here and those are coming up and we've got the that the main alliance is the main election block set i mean there's Pashinyan's block uh, the, the government block and then the the main opposition block is led by the second president Robert Kocharyan in an alliance with uh, the ARF the Dashnak party and then there then there's a, a there's a, a million political parties as well the the only other real players are you know the the ones that are in parliament right now bright armenia and then prosperous armenia and it basically looks right now that you know it is going to be uh, probably a Pashinyan uh, victory for his party. He'll probably get about twice the seats of Kacharian's party. Kacharian is already setting up for like contesting the results. He already said, "Oh, we're there's going to be election fraud in this election," um, and he's certainly going to contest the results of it either way. There's people now that that also think that the the June 20th election won't happen given what's going on on the border, and you know the the sort of state of the country here um but you know fingers crossed they do go ahead because that's the first step towards getting out of the the endless political crisis this country's been in for the last 6 months and um will, and we'll and we'll see what happens getting close to that date
0: that's interesting though that um you know Pashinyan might still win is that just because there's no real um, alternative, or, or are people not as angry with him now as they were during the war? Maybe my perception's off. You know, obviously I've not been there since January.
1: Yeah, no, people are definitely much more angry with him now than they were during the war. I mean, right. the, the, the last, it's the, this, these last two weeks have been awful for him, and that in general there's just been so much, um, just so many scandals that he's manufactured of nothing, just with the way the, the way that he speaks and just the. The, the 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 provocative things that he just casually says. but I mean, that uh, the reality of it is really the first thing he said that there's just no real alternative. I mean the the main opposition bloc is led by uh, Robert Kacharian who is m- one of the most disliked people in Armenia, president from 98 to 2008, and is best remembered um, for instituting for, best remembered for presiding over the the Rigged 2008 elections where his protege, Mm -hmm. Serge Sargent came into power and the police cracked down hard and killed uh, eight people on the election pro the post election protest there. And so everyone knows who Robert Kacharian is, but most people associate him with uh, criminality and corruption and yeah, just basically failing to to lead the country anywhere positive during his time. So he's uh, for him to be at for Nicole to be leading is is yeah in a, in a lot of ways it's just really remarkable but also for kacharian to be and for people to even me considering his return is also in its own way pretty incredible
0: yeah what a mess um lastly Neil, just want to ask what's the status of the the pow's in uh in azerbaijan still last i read you know there was negotiations but i haven't seen many come back for a while
1: yeah no there has been there was what there was three return about two weeks ago, and that, those are the only ones that have come back in the last two right. or three months. Here, uh, there was the report that came out by the there were the lawyers that are representing the Armenian POWs, ECHR. They released, and the, yeah, the international organization. They released um, a, a statement, appeal, a few weeks ago, saying that, they're, that they have confirmed that 19 of these POWs have been killed in Azerbaijani custody uh, since the end of the war and that's including we knew of about three or four of those cases already and then the rest are new and yeah there's there's no no one knows what's happening with the pow's they by law they should have been returned according to both the geneva conventions and the the november 10th agreement Uh, armenia returned all its pow's in by mid-january and azerbaijan is just holding them and they've they've started putting some of them on trial there's one lebanese armenian man who is uh, he went to the, the initial hearing yesterday in the Baku military court and he's charged with terrorism and they're pro and he's looking at basically a life sentence in Azerbaijan and yeah there's a there's well over a hundred Armenians still held by Azerbaijan and essentially no one knows what's going on
0: so so the ones that have been killed in custody I mean they've been executed right they've been arrested already and then they're, now they're dead I mean I can't see that as anything but an execution yeah.
1: Yeah, they've even recovered the bodies of some of them, you know, recovered during the the searches in Karabakh, the of the for the remains of soldiers that have been carried out a few times since the end of the uh, repeatedly since the end of the war, and they found the remains of some of these guys, and uh, you know, forensic examinations showed that they were killed just a few days beforehand, and yeah, there's no that all all of these would have been you know torture and then murder, uh, just, uh, just summary executions of these guys, um, either intentionally or unintentionally.
0: Grim, and grim. Okay, thanks for the update, Neil. Um, let everybody know where they can find you and uh, you know follow your reporting
1: on the area. Absolutely. So I'm on Twitter at Neil Hauer. Uh, I handle Neil P. Hauer, H A U E R. And then on there too, you can find my Patreon where I provide a, a weekly newsletter and uh, advanced drafts and you know other opportunities to pick my brain for uh, subscribers.
0: Right, man. Uh, and you on a Patreon as well, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's just Neil Hauer on Patreon. N E I L. H-A-U-E-R.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Appreciate taking the time.
1: Thank you so much for having me on again, Jake.
0: That was Neil Hauer speaking about the very fragile situation on the border now between Azerbaijan and Armenia if you like what we're doing here at popular front please do consider subscribing to our patreon for loads of bonus stuff that is patreon.com slash popular front for the price of like one pint a month you get bonus episodes you get to support popular front the more we make there the more we produce um, ask anybody on the patreon they'll tell you that much is true there's a lot of hard work going on here Uh, This episode was sponsored by Oracle Coffee Shop in Portland, Oregon, USA. They're an independent coffee business selling only fair trade products. See them at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue, 97239. The episode was also sponsored by Grindcore House, a pair of independent coffee shops in Philadelphia, USA, one in South, one in West. Find them on social media at Grindcore House. The episode is also sponsored by Propagandopolis, an outlet selling and writing about historical conflict propaganda from around the world, various different wars. It's very interesting, very cool prints. Buy prints at propagandopolis.com. Use the promo code popularfront10 for 10% off. Follow us on social media, Instagram at popular.front, YouTube at youtube.com slash popularfront. I guess that's not really social media, is it? But, yeah, watch our docs there. Um, Twitter, at PopularFrontCO. My Twitter, at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. Go and tell me how much you hate and despise me there. That seems to be um, quite constant, very boring behaviour. But there you go. Uh, Go to our website, PopularFront.com dot co not dot com a lot of people saying it's not there no dot co i've said it 100 times www.popularfront.co it's basically a landing page you'll find what we're all about you'll see all of our links everything again please do consider supporting us patreon.com slash popular front or uh popularfront.co slash support there's different ways of doing it there uh, the music in this Episode the intro was by an artist called home and the outro is by Sam Black. You can listen to Sam Black's music at uh, samblackpf.com. Thank you to the higher tier patreons. They are the following: Thomper, Lisa Milgram, Lupita Valez, Bradley Davies, Laura R. Uh, X, happy birthday. A. Nicole, Manny, Travis Lieberman, Cherry, Ben Marshall, Dallas Dunn, LD50 Seattle, MJ, K. Glitter Vulcan, Meredith Waters, Bethany Swoveland, C. O'Donnell, Adam H., Larson8669, Carante, Bjorn Kirsten, Diamond Steen, Jacob, Michael O'Connor, Zach Packard, Todd Cravens, Alexander, Nicholas Butter, Ron Swanson, JD, Jav, Ian Froese, James Cully, Michael Akakan, Ethan, Fitz Madrid, Ed Coulthard, Johnny LaFleur, Clayton Taylor, Max Barone, uh, Ben, Liam Williams, Chris Cusimano, Degenerate Zero Alpha, Giorgio Arani, D.R., Trey Nance, Amy R., Rubicon, Frank Austin, Amelia Mee, Nawa is Christina Ravetti. Freya Northman, Ali Hunter, Moody Al-Rashid, Bill Wilson, Andrew Hurley, Vida Provost, Brian McLaughlin, Tom Loughran, Young Wasabi, Tony Bin, Adam berg JL, Sebastian, Stephen Davila, Anthony Kabarak, Dan Dunham, Fletcher Tate, Chad Walker, Diana Govinek, Lawrence Abrahams, Peter McCormack from What Bitcoin Did, Emily Molly, Axel Iverson, Christopher Martin, Ryan Sandercock and uh, Maurice Zumbull. Thank you all so much. Without you, as I always say, honest to God, this would fall to bits. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate all the support. If there's anything you want to see from Popular Front and you're in that high tier uh, Patreon category, please do DM me on the Patreon. Um, much appreciated. Anyway, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash popularfront.